The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen, as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, retirement isn't all it's cracked up to be. I was retired for almost exactly one year before I went back to work. Part-time, but doing a similar job to the one I did my whole career, chasing bad guys. Now I specialize in cases that involve financial exploitation of senior citizens, which, as you might imagine, often involves people who are victims of scams. I worked a case recently in which a very nice lady was victimized by a lottery scam. This is a scam where the victim receives a phone call telling them, Oh, great news! You have won the lottery! And you are going to receive $5 million and a new car, a Mercedes-Benz. It doesn't matter that you never bought a ticket. It doesn't matter that we don't know your name or where you live until you tell us. You are a winner. I will personally be bringing you your millions and your new car in just a few days. The only thing you need to do is first, you have to pay taxes and administrative fees up front so we can release your winnings. This poor woman sent $20,000 to the scammer. And then, of course, as they always do, they asked her for an additional $20,000. At this point, the bank expressed concern about the amount of money that she was withdrawing, and we got involved. But do you know that in spite of all the things that the staff at the bank told her, all the things concerned family members told her, and all the things that law enforcement told her, about the fact that she was being a victim of a scam, she continued to talk with the subject on the phone and made several further attempts to send him additional money to get her prizes. In spite of all the warnings and examples, she continued to believe the scammer and not everyone else. I tell this story because it illustrates several points related to our application of the words of today's very well-known gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, 
but might have eternal life. If we are to have eternal life, it is critically important that we understand what it means to believe in Him and how our life experiences influence our ability to believe in anything. The woman in the story certainly believed that she had won a lottery prize. She believed so much that she was willing to risk a substantial amount of money based on that belief. It is easy to understand why she would want to believe it. After all, it was good news. And who doesn't want to believe good news? We certainly would rather believe good news and doubt bad news than the other way around, although we also hear the phrase that something is too good to be true used when the news sounds so good that our life experience tells us such things don't happen to us. Unfortunately, the woman in the story was destined for disappointment. Not only did she not win the lottery, but she also lost the money that she sent to the scammer. And while we ourselves may not fall for such a scam, just hearing about it adds to our growing experience of not trusting and not believing. And reasonably so. Because as we all know, when human beings are involved, even those with the best intentions can let us down. And of course, those with evil intentions will take advantage of us. The reality is that, is that when most people say they believe something, what they mean is they believe it to a point. In a simpler sports example, we may say we believe in the skills of a place kicker in football or a golfer on the green making a putt. We may say that we believe the kicker is going to make the extra point or the golfer is going to sink that three-foot putt, but most of us wouldn't bet the house on it because we know no matter how well-intentioned, no matter how hard-working or hard-training or sincere they may be, things happen. A sudden gust of wind, a last-second cramp, a momentary distraction, and they miss. And this is what makes the question of believing in Him, upon whom our eternal life depends, more challenging. Because while we can absolutely believe in God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength, our life experiences with everyone else who is not God tell us otherwise. The truth is that we can believe in God in spite of the ways we have learned not to believe in others. And while we may not bet the house on even the best field goal kicker or winningest golfer, while we won't cancel our life insurance before having heart surgery, no matter how much we believe in the doctor, we can bet the house on Jesus. Well, actually, we can't. Because technically, betting implies risk. And with Jesus, there is no risk. He is a sure thing. He will never fail us. He will never let us down. And even though his answer may not always be the one we want at the time, it will always be the one that is best for us and those we love. So what does it mean to believe in the Son of God? our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we believe in the Son of God, not just that He existed, but that He is who He said He is, the Son of God, all-powerful God, the Creator of the world, 
then saying we believe in him necessitates a change in the way we live our lives. And to be clear, this Jesus we believe in is the Jesus the New Testament and the church teaches. Loving, merciful, personal, intimate, righteous God. Not just some prophet who lived 2,000 years ago, one wise man among many in history. Not some mere symbol of the goodness that is in all of us. Not some watered-down, socially acceptable, non-controversial creation of a self-indulgent, me-first, everything's-okay world. The great quote attributed to author Flannery O'Connor when she said to a person with whom she was having dinner that referred to the Eucharist as an excellent symbol, O'Connor replied simply, Well, if it's a symbol, to hell with it. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if someone wants to talk of a watered-down Jesus that fits conveniently into the modern-day worldview, to hell with that. As Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you received, let that one be accursed. Believing in Jesus is believing in the Jesus of church tradition and the sacred scriptures the all-powerful, almighty God, creator of the universe, the all-loving, all-merciful, just and righteous Savior of the world, the Son of God who willingly died on the cross for our sins and rose again, now sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven for all eternity. Jesus, present in the word proclaimed, and most especially in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Not only that, but to believe in Jesus means also to believe in ourselves. Not in the sense that I found God through a belief in myself and God exists only within me, not outside of me, some self-promoting self-God. But if we believe in Jesus and accept him, we have to believe what he tells us about ourselves, about the relationship that he offers us, that we can draw intimately close to him by dying to self, cling to him, uniting with him, inviting him into our lives, surrendering our lives to him so that we become one with him. As the chalice is prepared during the offertory at Mass, the deacon or the priest says the words, Through the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. This share in the divinity of Christ, God who shared in our humanity, underscores the worth and value he gave us when he created us in his image and likeness. Not something we self-created, but a precious gift of our Creator. Believing in today's world is no easy task. But the offer of God's love to believe in his beloved Son, sent for our salvation, is both too good to be true, and yet in fact as true as true can be. May God, 
in his mercy. Grant us the grace to believe with our whole being in this precious gift. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.